Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by a colleague at Intel, Anna Bethke. Anna is the head of AI for Social Good for the Artificial Intelligence Product Group at Intel. Welcome to the program, Anna. How's it going? It's good. Thank you for having me here today. So, Anna, why don't we just start, since this is your first time on Chip Chat, with a background on you and how you got engaged in the world of AI. So, my background is actually aerospace engineering, so I got my bachelor's and master's at MIT, and when I was doing my master's program, I focused a lot on human factors engineering, so this is basically how computers and people interact together to perform tasks. This gave me a large background in statistics as well as how do we balance the load. So that basically gave me a taste into data science, got into data analytics, then natural language processing, and eventually AI, which is how I joined Intel as a deep learning data scientist. Fantastic. And obviously, Intel has incredible investment in the world of artificial intelligence, both from a perspective of underlying hardware delivery and from working with a growing number of developers that are focused in delivery of AI capabilities across a wide variety of applications. One of the key topics in the AI community is how we apply this technology for social good. Why was this a role that was interesting to you to take on at Intel? Yeah, so one of the key things that I was really excited to work on when I joined was this ongoing project that we've had with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. So basically we've been helping them through the years figure out which kids are in most danger of being abducted, of being abused, et cetera, based on different information that they receive from other informants. So this might be social media, et cetera. And they get a lot of tips. They don't always know like which are the key individuals that they need to safeguard. First, they might not know where these individuals might be located. So they've turned to us to help prioritize use our technical expertise in order to reduce their cues, reduce the wait time that the local jurisdictions have when they are responding. Because if a kid is in trouble, the sooner that you can get on that case, the better. So this was a project that I was really interested in and one that I wasn't able to work on to the greatest to my heart's content. I just really feel like I want to be working on projects where I am able to have a huge social impact all the time. I was doing some volunteer work for a group in the San Francisco Bay Area called Delta Analytics, lending my data science expertise as a volunteer pro bono. And so I was like, okay, you know, we need to get more programs into Intel that are really having a substantial difference in the lives of people, in the lives of animals, the environment, et cetera. So having a program that's able to bring these different projects in, getting people from across Intel to be involved, 
could be great for our company. And so that's basically what I've been doing the last year or so to build up this program where we are able to provide our technical expertise, whether it's hardware, software, data science, et cetera, to these mission-driven organizations. You know, I think there's been a lot of conversation around will AI be a disruptive force in society in nefarious ways or for ways that propel our culture forward. The example around the collaboration with the National Center for Missing Children is, I think, one of the things that, as an Intel employee, I'm most proud of that we've worked on. It's such a critical opportunity to drive positive impact in society. How do you guys select what you work on, and how do you look at your broader mission in terms of AI for social good? That can be hard because there's always more organizations out there that need help in some way than we're able to help support. So part of it comes down to resourcing. Are there individuals with the right expertise available to help? Then there's other things, too, even before we get to that stage is the groups that we work with. It's most beneficial if they have some technological capability. So like if we have a group of data scientists who build an AI system or a deep learning neural network, let's say, but there's no way for them to implement it, for them to actually use it in a day-to-day basis, then it's not going to have as great of an impact. Also looking to see if this is something that a technological solution is something that's really going to be helpful versus using potentially a non-technical solution. There's a lot of work being done across various communities right now around like food scarcity. How do we ensure that everybody globally has access to enough food? There's a lot of places that AI has been very helpful and important, like giving phone apps to farmers to figure out what types of blights diseases might be in their crops or what types of pests might be there and telling them what are the remedies potentially. But then there's other things that are more like supply logistics. And so a different solution is maybe better than like trying to use a AI or a deep learning network where a simpler tool is actually going to be most helpful. So tell me about the areas where you actually have driven projects through your program. I work very closely with the AI Innovators Program. So the Agriculture Blight Project is one that came from some entrepreneurs in there. Also, I've worked very closely with the AI Builders Program. So there's one company that's coming to mind right now, this nonprofit Hubox down in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And they came to us through the Innovators Program and now AI Builders. And Hubox had this idea to develop this product called the Wheelie, And the wheelie is using facial gesture recognition to allow somebody who is paraplegic to control their own wheelchair. So if you smile, the wheelchair might go forward. If you open your mouth, it might stop. And so for a lot of individuals, this is easier, less invasive, less tiring than current systems that they might use, which is like a pressure tube potentially that they blow into or having to move their head around or having a person there 24-7, just giving everybody options, basically, which I think is lovely and super important. Fantastic. I know that the Wheelie collaboration got a tremendous amount of interest 
when you guys published what you were able to accomplish together. That came out of the AI Builders Program, as you mentioned, over 200 companies and that. So some great collaborations with the broader Intel team. And I'm glad to hear that some of the AI for Good collaborations were coming through AI Builders. I know that you also did some work around clean water AI. Can you talk about that? So clean water AI, that came from the Innovators Program. And there is an entrepreneur, his name is Peter Ma, and what he was able to do with our tech assistance is built this system. It uses the Mavidius vision processing unit, this little edge device to take samples of water. And he built this whole system. <laughs> His first system, I think, cost less than $500 using all off-the-shelf products like an Ubuntu laptop, this high-powered microscope that he got offline. Um, and it's able to look for bacteria in the water samples and start to say, oh, yeah, this water is probably clean. This water is potentially contaminated using AI, using these deep learning neural networks. And it's great because it's a wonderful first pass to say these areas have pretty clean water. These areas have contaminated water, potentially need to send in individuals in order to try to figure out how to treat this water, how to make it less contaminated. Because the current systems that were being used are pretty bulky. They require some experts to utilize it. The system that he made is quite portable. Now it can go into rural villages or anywhere. Even in California, there's, I'm not going to say the number because I don't remember, but it's like tens of thousands of individuals every day that don't have access to clean drinking water. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, and this is a problem that's faced by so many everywhere. The Innovators Program let him get access to our dev cloud, so free compute that he's able to train his networks on. So just like this enablement helps you this idea through. That's awesome. So from a broader context, another thing that I've heard from folks at Intel is the concept of ethical AI. Why is this such an important topic at this point of the development of artificial intelligence-enabled solutions? Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the reasons that it's become more and more important to discuss is because we are putting AI into more areas of our lives that we hadn't seen it before. So one of the pillars of ethics is this idea of making certain that there's fairness or a lack of bias in our data sets. And a lot of the image sets that we utilize for these algorithms can be fairly biased. Like if you are searching for images of a wedding, let's say, you'll get a lot of pictures of Western weddings, brides in white dresses with a veil, etc. And then if you give this same algorithm an image of a non-Western bride, uh, might be an individual in a sari, or might be an African wedding, which looks quite different than what you know my viewpoint of a wedding is. And the algorithm will often not classify it as a wedding. It'll be like people, persons, etc. And this is basically because the data that we're training the algorithm on is geographically skewed. There's other pillars. Transparency is another. Is black box algorithms are no longer acceptable, basically. Like, we have to know what's going on in this system. If you are talking to a robot or if you're talking to a person, if your data is being utilized in some way and how it's being used, 
And that goes to privacy, too. How do I have control over the information that is being utilized as we deploy AI into further and further areas and we are able to collect more and more data on ourselves, on each other, making certain that we're doing it in a way that doesn't disadvantage anybody is definitely important. It seems like the concepts around ethical AI need to evolve as quickly as its underlying technology. How is Intel helping to contribute to that conversation? There's been a few different areas. So some of the the privacy security research has definitely been ongoing in both AIPG's AI Lab, Intel Labs, and other groups. There is some really interesting work being done on anonymization, especially in terms of self-driving cars types of things. So if you have a bunch of images, how do you figure out where people's faces are and blur them out, but still allow the algorithms to know that there's a person there? We've been a member of the Partnership on AI, which is a collaboration of multiple organizations to talk about these efforts. And there's a lot of roundtable discussions, a lot of other symposiums that we've been actively involved in, as well as being involved in ISO standards or IEEE. There's this really cool ethically aligned design effort going on there that we've been highly engaged in. So different things like that, like a lot of discussions, a lot of trying to figure out how do we navigate this area as individuals, as groups, as a company, and how do we address these questions both internally and externally. And there's been a lot of different things that we've been trying out, like different workshops, different forms, different ways to talk about it. And really a lot of it is conversations and educations because we all have different ideas of what is ethical, what is not ethical, getting us all together the greatest extent possible. Yeah, I think that's why it's so important to have intentional conversations at this early stage of development of AI solutions in the marketplace so that we can come to some aligned views on how we're going to be utilizing this very powerful technology. And it's been a pleasure talking to you today. I'm really excited about the work that your group is doing. If folks want to learn more about your group and the projects that you're working on, where would you send them for more information? I would send them to intel.ai slash AI for social good, where four is the number four. So you can find it on the intel.ai website. Fantastic. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you so much. It was lovely chatting with you. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash big data, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization. 